It is um, so good to be here and to be able to kind of celebrate this day as we send off these third graders with their Bible in hand and look forward to seeing them bring them with them. So um, parents, I invite you to encourage them and remind them to carry their Bible with them to church or Sunday school and to kind of join along, um, get in the habit of, um, of reading and learning through the Scriptures. Um, as we're in this sermon series, you know, we've been talking about um, stories that make a difference. And um, I'm sorry, I got distracted. Um, some help in the back. Thank you, Patrick. I'm going to call you out again. <laughs> um, but we're in this sermon series um, called Stories That Make a Difference. And we're, we're talking about the parables. And we, we heard a parable read this morning from the Old Testament. And we've been working our way through some of Jesus' new, um, par- parables in the New Testament. And, and the parables that Jesus tells, those are the ones that kind of really capture our attention. These are the ones that we know. And these are powerful. They become unique as Jesus kind of uh, lays out these short and simple stories that offer an, an incredible, eternal lessons um, for those who heard him speak, for the gospel writers who incorporate, incorporated those stories into their gospel, and for us, uh, 2,000 years removed. We still cling to those stories and make sense of them in ways that make sense in our context. Just as that context that Jesus initially told those, those parables to, that, to that, that initial and original audience. And also to the, as, as Luke and Matthew and um, Mark lay out parables, they were laying out to their context. They were taking Jesus' teachings and, and putting them in context for them to make sense of their world for the help to church. And so we do the same thing today. 2,000 years, we're still able to take those, those ancient, simple little stories and make sense of them today. And that's, a, that's, a, that's one of the powers of parables, is that they, are, they, they create this openness of, uh, to interpretation. Now, as we, as we talk about the parables, we talked about you know, the prodigal son um, last week, and this week we're talking about the, the banquet. And Jesus tells this incredible um, parable about a banquet. As I was thinking about this, I, a phrase came to mind. A friend of ours back in Dothan um, told his son, who was a brilliant young man, still is. He told his son, he said, if you want to be part of the story, as they were kind of looking at how... These stories were being told, and, and his friends had all these stories. He, he told his son, if you want to be part of the story, you have to be present. you got to be there if you want to be part of their story. So you can't just say, I'm one of your friends. I can't, you can't just say, I heard the story. No, you, you have to be in it, which means you got to be present. That's an important little lesson, and that kind of rang true for me. And as I was thinking about those words, as I was thinking about this particular sermon... Uh, a particular day came to mind. Actually, do, do you know where you were on Saturday, March the 6th, 1982? I want you to go back. Those who were alive in this room, go back to March the 6th. It's a Saturday night, March 6th, 1982. Where were you? What were you doing? I was driving around Tallahassee. That's what we did. We drove up and down uh, North Monroe Street, and we drove out Tennessee Street. Went to every arcade in the city. That's what we did. Some friends of mine did something different. They went to a concert. The Jay Giles Band. 
Yeah, Jay Giles band. Centerfold, freeze frame, love stinks. Great songs. I didn't go to the concert. I chose not to go. Friends of mine wanted me to go. I said, no, I'm not interested. Um, after it was over, they were saying, oh, it was great. It was great. The opening act was so good. The Jay Giles band put on a great show. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then years later, I was talking to some friends who actually went to the show. And they said, you know, the opening act was amazing. I said, yeah. And he goes, yeah, it was, it was you too. I went, really? And he was like, yeah, you two opened up and they, they played some of their great, played Gloria. I threw a rock. I will follow. Great songs of you two were played on that opening set. And then not only that, but after their set was over, they went to this little club down the street and played in the little club down the street, the OK Club. And I'm thinking, oh, man. Now, I'm a big U2 fan. I missed it. Totally missed it. And if I had just gone, I would have been part of that story. But now I can only hear about it or read about it. And that's an important thing for me. Because we all are, have, have those stories where, oh, if I had if I'd only gone here or gone there, I would have seen this or heard that or done that and experienced this or that or the other. We've all had those experiences that we live with. Jesus is talking very similar to the same kind of concept in this parable of the banquet. This is it's a, simple little, a simple little tale and a simple lesson that has eternal consequences. You know, in chapter 14 of Luke is where we find the parable of the banquet. And, and, and Luke does a marvelous job as he's this incredible storyteller. He does a marvelous job of kind of setting the stage as he takes Jesus' parable about this banquet and he sets Jesus in the middle of a dinner. Jesus has been invited by a leading Pharisee, a prominent Pharisee, and um, he's been invited to come to dinner with all of the Pharisees' friends. And so Jesus is there sitting at, well, reclining. They reclined. In the Greek or Roman world, you would recline around the table. So there's Jesus with all these people, these prominent religious political figures. And this man comes in with dropsy. And stands before Jesus. Now, dropsy is probably related to some kind of heart condition, and it creates fluid to build up in, in, loose, in, in soft tissue and joints. So, feet, ankles, legs will build up with fluid and would swell. This man, as they looked at him, they knew, well, this man has dropsy. They may not have known the, the root of the, of the problem, but they knew he had a problem. And the man comes and stands right in front of Jesus. And Jesus asks the group, all these religious figures, these, these experts in the law, these experts in the, in the oral tradition of the Jewish faith, and he says, is it lawful to cure someone, to heal someone on Sabbath? Now, they're gathered in this, in this dinner on a Sabbath. And Jesus asks them, is it, is it legal to cure, to heal someone on the Sabbath? 
Would you not, if your child or your oxen fell into a well, would you not go and retrieve it on the Sabbath? If it fell into the well on a Sabbath, would you just leave it till the next day? Or would you do everything you could to retrieve that child, to retrieve that animal out of the well? And then he heals the man because no one had an answer. Don't know if they didn't have an answer, if they were afraid to say, or they didn't want to be challenged or challenge him, or, or just be gracious guests in this Pharisee's home. But the room fell silent, and he heals the man. They continue eating, and as they're eating, Jesus is reclining, and he's looking, surveying the room. And he's noticed how people have come in, and they've, they've kind of located themselves in, in places of prominence and honor. Because in, the, in that day, the, the setting of the, of the room, of the table, was configured with the place of honor, which was um, held by the guest of honor, which was Jesus, and the host, who would be right next to the guest of honor. That was the center point. That was the focal point of, the, of this dinner setting. And it was that way, no matter what day it was or what meal it was, this was the setting. It was fixed. The host and the guests of honor were always the focal point. So wherever you were around this three-sided table, you could see and you were, your, your attention was oriented towards the, the host and the guest of honor. And Jesus has watched all these people come in and, and, and take their place as close as they can get to the host and the guest of honor. And he's looking at them and he begins to say, I've noticed how all of you have come in and have taken your place as close to the host as you can get, as close to me as you can get. Why, why do you do that? What you should do is take your place at the lowest spot of the table and let the host make a decision where your place of honor is. That way, if you place yourself next to me or next to the host, and the host comes to you and says, oh, I have, this is not your place. This is for someone else. I'm sorry. You're going to have to get up and move. How embarrassing. That, that's, that's shameful. You've been shamed in front of all these people. Don't do that. Go sit at the lowest place. And then the host will come to you and say, this is not your place. I want you to move up here close to me. Now you've been honored in front of this room full of people. That's, that's the way you should do this. And so these people are just sitting there and they're taking all this in. This is all around this table, all on a Sabbath meal. And then he's looking at them, and he's looking at all these prominent figures, well-to-do people from the community. He says, when you, when you have a party, when you throw a banquet like this, don't invite people who can, who can pay you in kind. Don't invite people who will, in, in turn, invite you to their banquet or to their meal. No, invite those who can't. Invite the sick, the unclean, the poor, the hungry. Invite those who are living outside of the city, those who have no place in the city. Those are the ones you should invite, and that way God will bless you. God will honor this, this, this banquet. But they, they didn't do that. And so imagine having Jesus as your dinner guest. How uncomfortable. Because we, we can all look at this and, and see in ourselves where we have failed to do 
what Jesus asks us to do or expects us to do. And he says, go, go and invite those who, who cannot repay you. Have no way, no means to repay you. Move away from this transactional relationship and let's do some transformation. Let's transform the world by inviting those who cannot repay us. And then God will honor us. And that's a, that's a simple lesson. It's quite difficult to continue to do over and over and over again. But Jesus says, say yes to that, that transformation every time. Say yes to the banquet. And so while they're sitting there, um, in verse 15 we pick up. Remember we're at this setting. And one of the dinner guests on hearing this, said to him, Blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land, and I must go out and see it. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to try them out. Please accept my regrets. Another said, I have just been married and therefore I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once into the streets and lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, Sir, are we... What you ordered has been done, and there's still room. Then the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and the lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who were invited will taste my dinner. This is the word of God, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now this is a... Um, Kind of a hard word that Jesus offers. And we kind of catch the meaning of this parable between the, the guest's question when he says, um, Blessed is anyone who will eat, eat bread in the kingdom of God. And Jesus, after relaying the parable, says, For I tell you, none of those who were invited will taste my dinner. Blessed are those who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. I tell you, no one who was invited will taste my dinner. What do we make of this? Jesus tells this parable to, to make a point. That this invitation went out sometime before. That there was going to be this great banquet and so all the invitations went out and people were either expected to come or RSVP that they would come. And then when the time for the dinner came, when the, when the table was set and the fatted calf had been slaughtered and cooked, when this incredible banquet had been set up, he sends word, now's the time, come to the banquet. The doors are open. The seats are set. 
Come and enjoy the feast. And then one by one, people send their regrets. With good reasons. One person got married. Couldn't come. They had their own marriage, marriage banquet. They couldn't come. Another one had bought um, some new oxen, a, a five-yoke of oxen. He needed to go try those out. He couldn't come. Another one had purchased a piece of property. He needed to go check out his investment. He couldn't come. These are all good reasons. Reasons that we ourselves have offered along the way. I've offered them. I have all kinds of reasons I can't do something. But the invitations have been sent. And we're all invited. We're all expected to be there. We're all wanted to be there. At this banquet that's in the kingdom of God. That is the kingdom of God. That is the banquet. And at some point, many of us have said, yes. I want to go to the banquet. I want to be in the kingdom of God. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God. But in this parable, we can read it and say, saying yes is simply not enough. We have to show up. We have to participate. We have to taste and see. We have to fully experience and participate in the kingdom of God to be a part of it. If you want to be part of the story, the first thing you have to do is be present. If you want to see an incredible new band that's coming on the scene and will be superstars, you've got to show up for the concert to see them open up for another super band. And there's all kinds of reasons and excuses that we can offer to keep us from doing anything. But Jesus tells us our one major primary priority is to say yes and show up, to participate in the kingdom of God, to sit at the table with Jesus, to participate in this banquet with Christ as not only the guest of honor, but as the host. So Jesus leaves us with the question, do you want to be part of the story? Do you want to sit at the table with Jesus? Do you want to be part of the kingdom of God? Then we have to move beyond simply saying yes. Our yes has to be followed by action. We have to be part of the story. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.